Welcome to the Crypto Conversion Podcast. Gentlemen, we made it for a second episode. Nobody ended up uh, running out on us. So uh, safe to say we enjoy each other's company, um, which we already knew. But, um, you know, just goes to say that um, we're invested in this project and hopefully we have many more episodes to come. Uh, we appreciate anybody that is tuning back in. Thank you to anybody that uh, tuned into episode one as we were flushing out this idea of a podcast. And uh, so we're still um, we're still trying to figure it out as we go. But uh, yeah, we appreciate everybody nonetheless. So as always, it's me, Brandon, and we're joined by Matt and Connor. So welcome back, gentlemen. How are you doing this evening? Great. Yeah, great as well so, over here. Having a blast. Great as well. Enjoying life. <laughs> That's good. Awesome. All right. So without further ado, we're going to start most podcasts off with just kind of recapping the news, like what's happened since we've been, uh, what's happened since our last episode. I think that'll be a good way for us to kind of um, just, uh, each episode will be a timestamp for us. And hopefully for any of the viewers listening or watching wherever podcasts are found or on YouTube or Rumble. So um, we're just going to get into it. Some stories, um, it'll be different every week, but hopefully we have a, a, a Bitcoin story, maybe a ERC-20 token or Ethereum story, uh, Binance related topic, BNB perhaps, Altcoins, Web3, TradFi, MacroFi, and... Uh, any other topics that um, that pique our interest that we run into in the Twitter sphere or in the various uh, news outlets that we um, that we uh, frequent uh, throughout the week for investing and and I frequent a lot of them because I still do a lot of uh, trading on the side. So um, without further ado, let's go into the granddaddy of them all. Uh, Bitcoin whale withdrawals this week have been pretty high. We're seeing close to 200 million. Bitcoin withdrawn from smaller exchanges, uh, Gate.io experiencing the most uh, withdrawal, approximately 120 million, uh, I was reading. And uh, the charts were just really interesting around that. And we we were talking about before, guys, it, it's just a testament to the not your keys, not your crypto. More people, there had to have been an increase in people buying ledgers, especially in light of what happened uh, with the FTX debacle. And I can imagine that there are a lot more people starting uh, their own multi-sig wallets um, and things like that. So um, I'm just curious, Matt, what, I, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I, I think it's great. I think it's good to... Um, it, after FTX, there was a lot of talk about um, whether Binance was solvent or not and, and other exchanges as well. And so I think it's just good to see... Um, you know, this is a true proof of reserves. You know, do that the exchanges actually hold the crypto you have? Um, and and it's, uh, I, I mean, it's not good for something to fail, but it's it's good to know that they're not holding it, right? I I I'm, I am as sad as it is for an exchange to fail. I can't be too mad, right? They 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 manage it poorly. I'm constantly surprised though how much Bitcoin is just out there though, just sitting on exchange accounts. It hasn't been touched. Like that's the thing. Like there, there could be Bitcoin that somebody's just been sitting on 
for whatever reason and they just haven't done anything with it like i just knowing from my experience and the people that i've helped with with wallets like there's people that don't know how to access their accounts for whatever reason uh lost an email lost their um lost their passphrase it could be a culmination of things but it's 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 kind of bizarre but it's it's interesting all right moving on um let's take a look here so jack twitter jack is introducing some new decentralized social media apps uh damus is the big one um noster is the platform where all of them are getting pushed and uh we had um, what's the one called for Android that I always butcher the name, but Amethyst. it's a beautiful gemstone. What is it? Amethyst. 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 That's it. I downloaded the app. Don't know how to pronounce it, so still haven't opened it yet. I'm a little nervous too. I think it might break my phone, but it's got to be safe. So I, I just like I just like what Jack's doing uh, since he's left uh, kind of the Twitter bubble and has been um, building stuff on blockchain in in regards to like social media platforms so i i it's a, it's a step in the right direction i'm surprised it hasn't uh i'm surprised more projects though haven't come out similar to this i know they're out there but i'm just not as familiar with some of them i i think this is a direct response to what i said last time that there weren't any good decentralized social platforms i i think that sure. was it it came out immediately after we recorded that i think <laughs> he's listening <laughs> jack is listening to this podcast interesting yeah, and is, the yeah go yeah i was just gonna say with uh nostra what's interesting is the project's been around for it looks like a couple of years um and it's actually it has an anonymous founder as well it's not jack it's Whoa. another guy with a twitter handle but nobody knows who he is but the platform if you so damus is built for the apple uh, for iphones for the apple store and then they have a google version and then they have a bunch of other you know, open source versions, which can be accessed from web browsers and whatnot. And whatever you post on one protocol automatically uploads to other protocols. So I was testing back and forth because I have an iPad here. So I was posting on Domus. Oh. It automatically uploads to my Amethyst account and they, they talk back and forth. Kind of interesting. Okay. Okay. So I can, I can interact with you on Amethyst then. Yeah. So if you're getting censored on one platform for whatever reason, you know, all your stuff's backed up on other platforms. Nice. We are There's going no to start promoting protocol we're, level. We're going to start promoting the show on that on those platforms. Then can't be a yeah. It's a little show. buggy. I was messing with it today. It's a little. It's definitely yeah. a little buggy still. Uh, as is every startup. Uh, oh well. It's we. It's much needed. And then there's there's a there's an alternative Telegram and uh, chess. So there's like a game you can play chess on the blockchain. True. Cool stuff. Um, just uh, just competition with uh, popular apps that everybody uses. You know, Chess.com, Telegram. So I, it's good stuff all around. Um, all right. So let's see here. Um, I'll let you speak to this about Brantley Connor. Um, I haven't listened to the podcast yet with uh, with John Stokes' uh, new founding, but uh, what what's the news there? Uh, Obviously, we're big Brantley fans. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of, a, kind of a melancholy podcast, to be honest. Uh, he gave a lot oh, of no. backstory, things that he didn't show uh, at the Catholic Crypto Conference. But um, 
the big takeaway actually is I think it sounds like he's somewhat done with ENS, uh, not because not because he doesn't believe in it, but he just feels that there's a lot of pain there for him personally, and it's not something he can continue to do. Because he posted a he posted a, a few months back about possibly starting a new project in the space. Um, sure. But uh, it looks like it's just not something he can do at this time. But bummer. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense though. Like I, I get it. Like and and he's able to leave on his own terms, basically, um, in terms of being like at least on the, on the governance board, that he wasn't voted off of. So it's it still, you know, it it is a uh, it's an incredible witness, and uh, hopefully someday yeah, we can some, have him on the Yeah, he's somewhat tied to the. Yeah, he's somewhat tied to the the project no matter what because he yeah. he still has a heavy amount of vesting uh, token vested tokens from his employment there at True Names Limited. Uh, yeah, and as far as I know, he's still director of the uh, the foundation that is kind of the real world presence of the DAO. So he's he's there. He's a big delegate. Um, I assume sure. he's not going to completely disappear from ENS, but it's it's not something that he can, you know, he's going to seek employment in or continue to work sure. in. Sure, sure. Okay, um, and then we'll do these two crypto ones, and then we'll talk about uh, Mr. Powell. But um, Binance uh, obviously bought out Voyager after FTX had to back out of the deal for uh, obvious reasons. And uh, Binance has uh, agreed to allow Voyager customers to transition their accounts over to Binance. Um, if customers don't already have a Binance account. Binance is allowing them to create an account to uh, move their funds over to. And uh, this is a, actually a really uh, generous step by Binance because initially the plan was just to pay out uh, fiat to customers based on the amount that their crypto was worth in fiat uh, via the day that Voyager filed for bankruptcy last April. So um, I was surprised, um, but it could also be a double-edged sword. Obviously, if your funds become uh, you know, less than what the fiat uh, payment would be. So uh, it all depends on what you're interested in. Um, yeah, uh, some people just want their money back, but uh, some people want their crypto back. I've seen both uh, both sides of the coin in the debates on the on the Voyager Reddit. Um, I think people are just excited to get something back. Uh, it wasn't it was looking a little bleak for a bit. So yeah, all the better. Um, and then uh, moving over, uh, just wanted to touch on Genesis uh, to is going to refund Gemini customers um it's uncertain if the refund is going to be a one-to-one -one, but gemini uh, the winklevosses they're going to put up at least a hundred million of what is owed based on what i've seen um if you go on uh, com slash earn they have all of the details there they've been very transparent about what's been going on and uh yeah just credit to the winklevosses for holding uh, Genesis accountable for the shenanigans that they pulled with, uh, with Luna and, uh, and uh, FTX. So um, I don't know if you guys 
have anything to say about those two stories. I know those were coming from my end um, a little bit more, but um, yeah. I, I think it makes sense for Binance to bail out Voyager a bit or Voyager customers. They, as the biggest exchange, right? They kind of have a motivation to want people to see crypto positively. So I, I think I, I'm happy that they, they're doing that. Um, mm-hmm. I was surprised, honestly, I was, I was surprised. Um, so we'll go into this one here. Uh, interesting stuff coming from, uh, Jerome Powell this week and, uh, in terms of the fed and I just cringe every time I have to look at this stuff, but it affects, it affects everything, um, financially that we deal with as a country and even the crypto markets, unfortunately. Um, and, uh, basically hinting at, deflationary processes beginning um but not really confirming or denying like he usually does overall feels a little hawkish to me uh still just with the fed in general i can say based on certain conditions that i am aware of based on some of my work that i do that this can bode true a little bit but i haven't I, I haven't really seen it um, come into full effect where we're going to hit any standstills, but material costs are rising and um, we see it in the grocery stores. We see it in just day-to-day products getting more expensive. So there, there could be some interesting things coming around, but what I do know is that there are certain industries that are experiencing decreases and there are certain businesses that don't want to pass those decreases on. And uh, in terms of what that means, uh, different people working in different industries might know more than me, but that's just some stuff that I'm aware of. So I don't know what you guys think uh, in, in this general econ type stuff, but I know yeah, we're not does, experts. But It definitely yeah. doesn't feel like uh, inflation has come down, does it? No, not at all. And on top of that, with the crypto markets recently running and the stock markets as well, doesn't really look like a good sign, right? If we're trying to combat inflation and then markets start pumping. So I think, I think we're probably going to still see some, uh, some dips coming up in the future. It's probably going to be a little bit of a process. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we've already bottomed in the crypto markets. I'm not saying we haven't. It's just I, I don't think uh, things are going to be all up from here. No, I, 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 th- I think, I think we have, uh, I think we have deeper depths, uh, to go, um, personally. And I know I'm going to get, uh, I know I'm going to get pushed and shoved for the FUD, but I, uh, I do think that we have, uh, I think there's still a lot of garbage out there that needs to get reconciled. And I could be, I could be completely wrong. I hope I am, but at the same time, you know, who knows? So we'll, we'll know more. We'll know more in a couple of weeks. We'll say, we'll also say that in a couple more weeks too. We'll know more in a couple of weeks. For sure. So, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it's always interesting. Like the fed seems to have a, a target rate of inflation, right? 2%. I know they talked about 4%. Yeah. So it, it's not like, I, it, I, I don't know. I wonder if we'll, we'll see true deflation. I mean, we might see it in, in for some products, but you know, if, if from now on inflation was only 2%, you know, across the board, 
you know, then then we're still paying as much and we're just going to pay only a little more next year instead of a lot more. Exactly. There's no promise that the actual prices will come down, is there? Yeah, no. I, I don't know. People, you know, they're like, oh, let's let's lower inflation is, is different than, you know, deflation, right? A negative rate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I guess just some other fun stories that I found. Um, thanks to FTX, we will not be uh, watching uh, crypto exchange commercials for the Super Bowl. Thank goodness that those got a little annoying last year. I think they really put a damper on the industry too um especially in light of what happened ftx the worst part of those commercials is that when you're at the party everybody looks at you (laughs) (laughs) they know you're the crypto guy they're like oh oh yeah crypto what do you think about that (laughs) yeah i know fortunately you will not have to sit through that embarrassment with your family if you uh (laughs) if you did some uh if you did any crypto investing with anybody or made any rash uh um, investment advice <laughs> to your grandma. Um, who knows? I actually though. handled yeah. that very easily. I just moved away from my hometown. So <laughs> don't have yeah, to have right? that discussion anymore. Move, yeah, move to good. a different state like Connor and I have, and then you don't have to have those awkward discussions. Yep. <laughs> I agree. Um, all right. Um, interesting story to insider trading at Coinbase, which was, uh, it's a very interesting topic. And, uh, two gentlemen pleaded guilty in New York, and um, I hope that we get a little more rec- – like I, I think we need – there's a reckoning coming because uh, I think there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been reported correctly to the IRS, and uh, which leads into the next story that I found today, that the IRS is hunting for it. They want to know – What's going on in the digital asset industry, especially if you won like a lottery for like uh, NFT or anything like that, they want awareness of it, especially if it's something that is like, say, it's like a bored ape or a crypto punk that is like, quote, quote unquote, worth what they're worth. Like they want to be aware of those things now. Um, that'll be interesting to see how they go after it. And uh then um, lastly, a lot of action happening in the sandbox world. Just interesting stuff. Investments from uh, Saudi investments and uh, additional tokens getting released to the market. And uh, I don't know if any of those stories speak to any of you guys, but those are just some of the stuff that I've found since uh, since we had our last episode. Um, more news to come. But um, yeah, we're not a news show, but it's, it, it's the topics that are accessible to us to talk about. And if we're not talking about the current events um, in light of some of the topics that we, we bring up, uh, you know, I I feel like it helps everybody in certain capacities. I think the big question on my mind is if we're looking at a fed that can uh, inflate and deflate with their policies, you know, what does this say about money? Oh, Connor, what funny you asked that question, Matt, perfect transition. Can you get in our topic today? Sure. So um, we are talking about money. Um, We didn't want just another um, uh, what is money introduction. I think a lot of economists can do it better than us or or other people can explain it better than us to get through, you know, what what is it itself? Maybe M1, M2, uh, sound money, things like that. So just to start us off a a few properties of money, right? Uh, Money has to be something that is um, transferable, right? I, I can receive it for something and I can give it 
to receive something else. It has to retain some value or it has to have some value. Um, and it, good money retains it to some degree, right? If I, you know, if, if a dozen eggs are $3 right now, you know, I, I hope they're still $3. I, I really, I hope they're less, but you know, I, we need, we need some stability in there, right. For, for good money. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just to, to kind of history and into places where we are, I mean, you had, uh, you had stuff before gold coins, but, but, you know, ancient civilizations had, uh, precious metal coins. And so based on the weight of the coins and the, um, uh, denominations, you know, that kind of served as money. Um, we've, the U.S. at least, we used to have uh, our notes were backed by gold or silver at different times. And so they were worth this much gold, this much silver. Um, and then now we're kind of in this fiat currency where there's nothing backing it but a promise, uh, you know, the that a dollar is worth a dollar. Um, and uh, so th this is why we have the Fed kind of trying to change the supply. It, it's, it's really, it's capitalistic. It's supply and demand dictates what a dollar is worth relative to everything else. Um, and then, you know, modern invention, what well, it was 14 years ago, I think, uh, that Bitcoin came out. And so they said, hey, let's have this, uh, similarly, not really like backed by anything, uh, currency, it's transferable, uh, but it has kind of this built-in scarcity. There, there's a limited supply and it's not issued by a central authority, but it's decentralized. Um, and so uh, anyway, so this is this is where we're at. So we're kind of at uh, the stage. A lot of people in the crypto space think Bitcoin's going to replace everything else. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to hear everyone's thoughts. Uh, maybe to start off, let's just think about what is, what's the role of money, you know, from a variety of perspectives, nationally, globally, and individually, you know, what are, how do we think about money? What, what are the roles? What is its role? Yeah, I think we also wanted to kind of like ask some of the uh, the mole questions too surrounding the money topic, especially since here in the crypto space. I mean, I just know from talking to outsiders, my family, parents, whatnot, they're concerned about this idea of crypto being money. They're like, what's it based on? What's the value? You know, how can I have real value? It's not tangible. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of questions there about morality with different types of money. Uh, and I think that's... But it's kind of just from a previous discussions prepping for this episode. I think that was kind I'll of the uh, topics that were coming up. What's what's the role of money, you know, nationally, globally, individually, and to a Christian, right? As a Christian, yeah. what, you know, what does money mean to you? We'll throw that in too. I, if you want to speak to one of those, all of those, you know, what does it do? Yeah, it's I mean, I think for most Christians, money kind of brings up a lot of a lot of questions uh and we're almost tempted to think there's a level of immorality associated with a lot of things that have to do with that conversation um but at its simplest definition what is money money is a tool and i think the more we think of money as a tool the more we can kind of answer these types of moral questions and ask ourselves, you know, am I using this tool for good or am I using this tool for ill? Uh, I, I thought it was interesting. I was doing a little bit of research for the episode and I came across, across some uh, definitions from Thomas Aquinas, uh, who spoke very wisely on a lot of issues, but he said as simplest money is money is a tool of exchange. And yeah, anything, 
And, and I mean, he built on that. Uh, anything that uh, anything that kind of adds to that, that uses that asset for something other than exchange is kind of against the natural use of money. And some people who might be familiar with uh, certain uh, ideas from Aquinas, but something that goes against the natural use of an item in this world uh, kind of lends itself to immorality. So I, it's kind of interesting to look at it in that light. Uh, is, this, is this tool facilitating exchange? Yes. Okay. If it's not, are we using it correctly? Mm -hmm. I, I think that's great. Yeah. Bring in some natural philosophy, right? There is, it's good to have something that's liquid, right? To say, um, we can relate everything to a dollar, right? I don't have to know the exchange of eggs to chickens or, you know, a gallon of gas to a gallon of milk, right? I, they're all a dollar. Um, mm -hmm. no, so that's good. That's good. Good to think about. Good to, um, yeah, how do we how do we treat it as naturally as we can? Um, and we, yeah, whenever we add things, how does it? Uh, yeah, because you're right. It, it is a moral question, right? It is, um, you know, most things we do are, are moral, and uh, even if we use neutral tools, right? You can use uh, a brick to do something good or something bad. Um, so yeah, because I mean, good. if you ask what is the role of money, you know, like oh, money is money is. Uh, it's a tool for exchange, but it's also a tool that we can kind of uh, rate something's value, right? We can speak about a, a vehicle or a house or a book in terms of its monetary value, and that gives it definition. But if we were to extend that definition and maybe use that uh, for a human being, I think most people would think that we've we've exceeded the uh, the natural use of what money is for, and you can't you can't use it for that. So when we're asking about what is the role of money, it, it, you know, it has a lot of those, those kind of moral questions mm -hmm. in there automatically. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Is our, is talking about someone's net worth, you know, a, a bad thing is that, you know, equating them to a, a dollar value. No, that's, that's good. That's good. Brandon, yeah. you have thoughts? I, I, I am just, I'm in agreement with Connor here on a lot of it um, from an exchange standpoint, but I think we've lost a lot of that exchange capacity um, for money, just like I'm thinking back to like th this conversation has got me thinking back to like more primitive times, um, you know, kind of like revolutionary days when, you know, somebody like John Adams still had to work his farm and do all of his philosophizing and law as a side gig, basically. Like he still had to do all of his chores. And a lot of those guys that, were a part of that constitutional group were all still like they were still very attached to their land. Now, if some of them had slaves, some had a couple of resources that um, were able to, you know, put them in those positions of power in the colonies. But a lot of them had to work their family farms just to have substance for their family to live off of. And I mean, you can look back to even more primitive uh, days of uh the new world if you did not work you did not eat like literally and like so many people died on the backs of that just trying to get substance or just to find viability in this country that we reside in and the we have lost touch with the land and like doing work for just 
everyday essentials. We just don't have that anymore. Like I, I grew up raising chickens and we, we raised chickens, we collected eggs. We had so many eggs we didn't know what to do with. Sometimes um, we would butcher our chickens that we would raise. And I just, I look back at that and I look at what's going on with like the current, you know, market with groceries right now and not ha being on a hobby farm like I grew up on it. What's happening right now has really made me want to go back to that a little bit. Like I, I know how to raise chickens. I know how to hatch chicks. Like I want that back. And just in, in terms of like how that all relates to money, it's like, but why can't we just, why can't things get more simple? And I'm not like calling for a trade and barter like system of economics, but why, why can't more people take on some responsibility in, in that respect and just, just own something for a change. And I think that it just take responsibility for something. And I do firmly believe that Bitcoin brings us back to that. And, and I'm not like, I agree with Robert Breedlove on a lot of his like kind of things that he stands on, like the accessibility of money in, in our society can almost be laughable to a certain extent because it's like, yeah, it's so accessible. Um, but look at, you know, look at how much gets taken from you, from your paycheck, uh, to even like go do something. It's like, okay, like, you know, I pay my bills, I do all my things. And then, um, what's left, uh, you know, a lot of people right now it's paycheck to paycheck. So it's not a whole lot and, uh, it's unfortunate. And that's just, um, kind of where I see, because there's enough in this country and even in the world for everybody to eat. And I understand that the poor will always be with us in some capacity. I'm not, uh, trying to, uh, you know, dishevel that, but these are just some of the things that I think about from time to time. And, uh, just just understanding like and seeing the discrepancies in terms of opportunities that don't get afforded to certain people because of demographics uh socioeconomic situations and everything like that it's just all all those things connected and i know i just went on a really weird tangent but these are just some of the things that i have been thinking about um when we brought up this topic is like how can we bring money back to a more simplistic status where it is these things of transferability, store of value, um, just stable and, and just, just backed, backed by something like it, there's money has no back. Like there's nothing shielding your money. And I don't think people realize that. And I just, I'm pounding the table for that to, to that, uh, to that point, and yeah, I, I feel this like what you, oh no, gone, gone. Uh, I was just gonna say, I feel like what you're kind of saying is like you said we're kind of like divorced from the land in a sense, but we're also kind of like divorced from the actual like unit of work that like money represents. Because yeah, I think in most of our daily lives, like money represents a unit of work. It represents my time traded for this yep. monetary value, right? And so it's, it's very easy to conceptualize that in a butter system when it's like I, or even not, not a very true butter system, but uh, a system that is based on, you know, much, much more manual labor as, as the agricultural world, you know, was uh, in the revolutionary times and whatnot. 
But uh, yeah. so I, I worked, I physically labored for this produce on the land. And now I'm going to exchange that for something, you know, of equal value that represents my actual work. And we we've kind of divorced that with the way the, the world works today. It's much more financial based and, uh, yeah. It, it almost is, is, it's a little divorced from that simple kind of aspect of labor. I, I, I like this idea and to kind of encourage your rant, um, Brandon, I, I just, I, I wonder what you're sort of hinting at. I, what, what would a moneyless society look like today? Right. Yeah. I could imagine when you were growing up, you know, you have eggs and you have too many to deal with and you have a neighbor who has too much you know, a dairy farmer who has too much milk to deal with and you, you exchange that. Right. And, and that's helpful. And to, how do I want to say this to kind of bring it back to a, a Christian lens? I, I think we can do this charitably as well. Right. You can, Absolutely. you can yep. generously share your eggs, right. We, you don't, we don't have to barter and, and not that we, um, I, not that like barter's useless. I, barter's bartering is still good, so we can you know try to uh, justly have exchanges between um, different quantities of things, right? But uh, to have that kind of abundance mindset, right, as as opposed to a, a scarcity mindset, right? To say I have too much and I'm going to freely give to other people, right? I I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to imagine we have so much more of a a service economy, right, than a, a goods economy. Um, yeah. And I, I don't yeah, know. I, I, mean, I, I think these levels of abstraction make it harder. You know, our work is actually less tied to our daily life, except, you know, for the time we're working, right? But but uh, to our needs. And I, I don't know if that's helping it. Connor, what were you going to throw for in? For sure. For sure. Like, yeah. Good question. Go, how, 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 would the digital, how would the digital economy work without money? Right. Mm -hmm. I think most, a lot, a lot of people work from home today. Actually, my dad might be listening to this. I know he works from home now s since COVID. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to do? You, you know, you, you're doing your job and then it's like, okay, I need, you know, half a dozen eggs delivered to my, to my house in return for my labor. Like that's sounds ridiculous. Right. So, and, and Connor, I'll say this. I've been working in global supply chains since I graduated from college, how I ended up in the world of supply chain. It's beyond me, but I, it, it pays, it pays. And so, um, basically like just seeing how cheap a product is made and manufactured in India because they have so much more scrap steel and labor is so much cheaper just to bring it over here stateside to then be able to turn it over to a customer and make 70% margin on a product. It's just, it, it's it i mean don't get me wrong like it, it's it feels great because it's like yeah i'm putting i'm putting a product out there for a customer that needs it but mm. i'm also exploiting an economic system that is so much more primitive than my own all because they have just more junk lying around and cheaper labor and obviously like we can factor in cost of life is less there cost of living and things like that but it's just it yeah. it it's not uh it's not necessarily the most equitable by any stretch yeah. yeah so much so much of money today is or work today is profited off of basically like inefficiencies in the market right yeah so well the the, the, the the inefficiencies of the third world basically really. yeah yeah yeah, that's a, that's where you look. Yeah, you, if you're not producing a good or providing a necessary service, yeah, it's you're arbitraging. 
Um, no, this is good. This is good. So what? Uh, and and, I, and here's 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 the thing. I love looking for a deal. I love looking for the deals. I love mm-hmm. it. I, it. But it does it. I don't know. Sometimes I think about it and I'm like, hmm, like where where does the where's the equity sit and where's the ethics sit mm-hmm. with some of this? Like that's some of the thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not like you're throwing it out the window, but because you are helping out that uh, that manufacturer, that vendor, but mm-hmm. it it still is like you know I don't know. It, you you guys know what I mean though, basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. So so to get back to this question though, I I, I and I'm kind of digging on this. I know this isn't an original plan, but no, go for uh, it. You know this this moneyless society, right? What would uh, and obviously we can't have moneyless because like you said. You know, Connor, your your dad works remotely for these people, and then he said, you know, he needs to get, you know, a dozen eggs, um, you know, for for his labor. Um, uh, but to try to add, you know, to maybe help us remove ourselves from the the pole of money, um, I I don't know. I guess I can imagine, you know, if if I was a plumber, right? I can I can freely give of that service to people, right? It's a service. It's not a, a product I'm making, um, but. Uh, I, I don't know, like how, <laughs> if I develop websites, like how do I, I, I don't know, how, how do I develop websites for other people? Like how, how do I, I, I don't know, like is there a way to, to make this work in the modern day? You know, is there a way to, you know, exchange services with other people, you know, the way that you could exchange goods or exchange services for goods that you're, you know, trying to, at least as much as you can remove money from the equation as, as the middleman? I, I don't. I mean, I would venture to say no. I would say, I would venture to say it just wouldn't work. And this is one of the reasons we need crypto. But um, it's actually kind of interesting. So, so you're asking if it's possible to exchange service for service. And of course, the, the classic problem is, okay, what if said person doesn't need whatever service you provide, then you have to find somebody who does need your service, exchange that for mm-hmm. something else that they want, and then you go back. And that's kind of the problem with the Bodo system, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, so going back to the... Uh, to the history of of money we kind of had these butter systems and then we moved okay we moved through a few things actually uh here in florida there's an island you can go to where you can see uh, a big mound of seashells and that was the original money uh source okay but uh the next step basically from the butter system is basically gold silver uh precious metals uh became coinage and that was kind of a universally accepted form of value that that could then be money and we can exchange that, right? And then because precious metals are uh, so maybe somewhat difficult to carry around, they are somewhat heavy, whatever you wanna say, uh, we switched to uh, paper money and it's, it's backed with gold, right? Okay, uh, a lot of people think that where things went wrong is that we went to this paper system uh, and then we eventually just lost the backing of gold. So now our money isn't, isn't backed with anything. It's not real. It's just paper money. Okay. I don't think that viewpoint is entirely great. And all right, so I have to relate it back to your question. But what, what I'm trying to say is, uh, you don't have to <laughs> keep going. No, you're, I, you're on a good train. Of it does. It, it connects back. So, uh, the problem is people who have that mindset, they want to go back to a gold system because in their mind, gold is real. It's real money as opposed to the paper money that we have today. Um, but, in in your service economy situation, or sorry, in the digital economy situation, mm-hmm. there's there's really no way to exchange gold. It just isn't. Uh, like, what are you going to do? Mail your gold to somebody who lives halfway across the world, 
you know, hope that the postal service delivers it in time. And then you have to, you still have to wait, you know, and you don't know if it's going to get lost in shipment. Like you need, you need digital money in a digital world. But then the real problem with all of this is what makes gold real value? Just because it has some sort of tangibility to it because it's physical. We've just decided. So I, I, I do argue with my friend about, about this a lot. He, he's a material scientist. So he's like, he, he does say like you could do something with gold. Right. If you had if I had all this gold, like I could make something beautiful. It's shiny. It conducts really yep. well. You know, it has yep. these pro it doesn't uh, um, rust. Right. Yep. It has all these good properties. But anyway, it, you know, so it's, it's precious. Right. There is <laughs> it does yep. have these inherent properties that, I, you know, but right. But the real problem is its actual value far exceeds its utility. Mm -hmm. the, the value of gold is not based on the utility of gold. And there's more value than just that. It's used, it's used in uh, a lot of electronic uh, sources. It's used in um, mm -hmm. satellites and whatnot. You need the conductive properties of gold for certain yeah. things. So it has, it has that baseline of utility, but its value is not based on that. The value of gold is totally perception-based. It's it's, it's, its value is in, it's a, basically its perceived value. So in marketing, you kind of have different levels of value. And you can add, you can have your baseline kind of utility value, and then you can add, you know, brand value, the the value in the mind mm -hmm. space of somebody who may maybe is wearing a Nike, is more valuable because it's a Nike brand than if, you know, whatever the the shoe or the jacket provides, right? Absolutely. So you kind of add these these abstractions of value, and the the reality is all money, gold, the U.S. dollar, crypto, its value is not based on utility; it's based on it's perceived value. Everybody agrees that it's valuable. So, so I, I have kind of, I do think the dollar has a utility, right? So, so to open this up to a global system, right? The dollar mm -hmm. is kind of the um, uh, what do they call it? The global reserve currency, right? We we make sure. I and I think this is we call it the petrodollar, right? Because we petrodollar made sure that yeah. you know they only sold gas in in the Middle East in dollars you know and yep. and so you know we kind of force this utility right but then it, it kind of just yep. because everybody needs gas uh, you know it, it stretches out further than that and so now yep. everything is is measured in dollars i could spend dollars you know i i live close to the canadian border and in in canada I, i've been at a few places where they'll they'll you know they'll take dollars and they'll say you know hey us dollars and they'll say this is fine we'll do the exchange rate and you know i'll give you change in canadian dollars but like i'll i'll take it and nowhere here is going to accept canadian dollars yeah. <laughs> like no nowhere here in the us is accepted like i i've been to other places that are like no we'll take us dollars but i've never been Matt, somewhere here that takes canadian I, I, dollars. I have a funny i have a funny one to tell you so i was fortunate enough to be able to go to china when i was 13 on a choir trip and they were literally sell us like fake Rolexes on the street for five bucks for five American dollars in wow. China. So yeah. your principle with Canada there, it's global. So mm -hmm. trust, trust me, it's global. So even, so I mean, even Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. So we might call this adoption, right? You know, the U S dollar is adopted everywhere or, you know, to some degree it's the most popular one, but, um, I, I don't know. So how, how do we change that, right? If people are trying to change that with Bitcoin, like like what uh, what's that going to look like? What barriers do we have to kind of break to get? Yeah, I feel like kind of the question that we're asking is not like 
so the, the, the US dollar, I wouldn't say it has utility per se with the petrodollar. I would say it has okay. security because of the petrodollar. Mm, yeah. And that's a question that comes up in crypto a lot. What secures the system? Well, mm -hmm. really what secures the system with modern forms of currencies is the strength of the government, right? Mm -hmm. So we might dislike certain things about the American, you know, whatever you want to call it, the American government, the American regime, uh, certain policies, certain foreign policies, whatnot. But basically all of that actually secures the value of the U.S. dollar. Um, and same with same with other currencies that aren't, aren't uh, you know, any, anything that's not the U.S. US dollar. It doesn't have the Petro system mm -hmm. supporting it, but it does have the strength of, you know, said country basically supporting its value. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, by, by using the, the US dollar, we're contributing to that system, we're contributing to the security of it. Um, in the same way, by using Bitcoin, we're contributing to the security of it. Uh, and so really, if you, if you just, my point is, if you just accept okay. this, that no, there is no value to money. Like people say, oh, the value of Bitcoin is that uh, boom, boom, it's, boom. it's money that you can spend. I mean, it's kind of, you, you're kind of just, uh, you know, walking in circles at that point. Yeah. Forget this is, it. This it's perceived value, if enough people believe it works, it works. That's just Connor, what money is. <laughs> this, Connor, Connor, this is exactly what I have been thinking about since 2020. The psychology of money has been an idea that I've been thinking about. And it really got me to a point. Like when you think about 2020, it didn't matter if you were rich or poor. It just was happened to be where you were. We were all isolated in our homes and it didn't matter how much money you had. Yeah, some people could go out and do like different things, whatever they had access to. Cool story. But at the core of it, we were all basically locked in and it did not matter how much money you had. You were stuck kind of. And some of us were fortunate enough to be able to work from home, maybe get put on furlough, collect a little unemployment. Or maybe some of us had a nice enough nest egg or a mansion in Beverly Hills. It didn't matter. You were stuck inside your house um, and you only went out to get groceries or you had groceries delivered to you depending on your status, whatever. So it, I've truly come to this conclusion that money, although it does provide status, it sometimes doesn't mean a lot, especially when we're speaking about net worth, because we're not because net worth is factoring in assets that somebody owns too, and we don't know what everybody is liquid normally. It, money can buy you status; it can get you a little bit of power, but what is it actually worth? And uh, have you ever seen the movie uh, Downsizing? It's a really trashy movie. Matt Damon movie came out in 2017. Essentially, the concept of the movie is if you decided to um, shrink yourself and live in this like luxury, like um, you know, very decadent world, if you had six figures uh, saved up, basically, you were golden and you were considered a millionaire because you were uh, miniaturizing yourself. Um, and I find that crypto is kind of similar to that, um, depending on what assets you put yourself in, because you, you all of a sudden take like a hundred dollars USD and that's worth like a billion sheep. And it's, you're, you're like, you're like devaluing, you, you have the ability to like become a millionaire or a billionaire in another world kind of, 
um, uh, it's not necessarily a- apples to apples, but you have the ability to just kind of change what your money def- is defined as with with crypto. And mm-hmm. um, I, I I don't know, like I'm not advising anybody to go do that with with the lowest like, oh, this is worth fractions of a penny. Let me put all of my nest egg into this uh, into this uh, crap coin, but like crypto has the ability to just change the way the scarcity of money is looked at via Bitcoin and just the way that we interact with each other and just the way we find the value in things. I, I th- Here's where I agree with Robert Breedlove. I think we deal with a very trashy society and kind of a trashy world with trashy products because the value of money is no longer what it was, especially because anybody can go out and get a credit card today and live off a bunch of leverage and debt and not have to work and just collect unemployment. And um, that that's just something that um, is just, it just fascinates me that um, we live in a society that deems that as acceptable. And even, you know, you look at what the government does incentivizing that with student loans going to college, the government sets everyday people up for failure and by by just giving them a bunch of money that they can't pay back and i don't know like just seeing all the wasted degrees for left-handed puppetry that end up in our universities all because fafsa says they can it's just it's ridiculous and yeah it's just interesting to me that we can kind of um we can take money and change what it is and how it can increase value in a society by um, increasing the scarcity and the value of it uh, simultaneously with cryptocurrency. Will this ever happen? Oh, I, not in our lifetimes, I believe, but um, will there be a start in that direction? Uh, I think it's coming, especially as CBDCs are, are getting more prevalent. That's good. I, I, I do. I want to maybe summarize what you were saying. I, I like, you know, this idea of the downsizing it. You're right. It's it's almost like a, a fantasy, right? Whether it's in the form yeah. of loans or it's in the form of, you know, buying something that, you know, you expect or you're promised that it's going to, you know, go up this much. Mm-hmm. Um, people are. Yeah, we, we're living in this fantasy like like I will be at that point someday. Um, or I am at that point now because I'm, I'm over leveraged. And um, I, I, that is good. That is good to think about psychology. I, I do wonder. So we're talking bad about the dollar. Um, <laughs> what? What would it mean? I, and, and I'm curious to play this out. I've, I've never played this out in my head. Like what? What would it mean if like we get to a point like what would this look like if we get to a point where where Bitcoin or something else is, is the you know global standard? And so no government is issuing a currency like like what what happened what what's the american government do in that scenario what, what does any government do in that scenario like like what how, how does that change things you're asking how does it change things if bitcoin or any crypto becomes I, a standard yeah it, maybe not that as much as is there's this question like what what happens to the a government if they lose the ability to mint their own money Right, that's worth something, right? Especially America, as as, as you know, we're the, the global reserve currency. Um, yeah. You know what 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 does America do when they no longer are the global reserve currency, and they're you know they, they can't mint any more money because it's it's worthless? Like what? <laughs> how, how do they respond to that? Like what are the logical steps? What happens next? 
That's well, scary. That, that, Connor, just a second. That's a scary thought because what 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 happens to allow that to occur? That's yeah. what's scary. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, if all of a sudden U.S. currency is no longer the global standard, something bad has to have happened. Something really bad had to have happened. Not not necessarily because I mean I know I I know but you, you, you know what I mean. You know what I mean because. They're going to clench on their pearls as long as they can. Yeah, but it's already happening because the only thing that True. makes USD the global standard right now is the petrodollar, and we already see that being uh, that being basically challenged, uh, which happening with Russia and Russia's Russia producing a lot of oil now, and the the pipeline that they were building to Germany or they built, I guess, uh, and so that that's already being challenged. Um, and every other every other world currency is on the is on its own floating system, so you if the U.S. dollar goes to a floating system, I don't think it would. I don't. I think it will happen in a lifetime, and I don't think it's going to be quite as drastic as you think it it is. But it is. It's going to. It's going to uh, definitely hurt America in some sense. But um, yeah, it it will be challenged. It will be challenged because Russia is setting up what they're setting up. China already has the Belt and Road Initiative laid out in a lot of more primitive economies. Like China's supply chain is robust, guys. Like, it's a it's really impressive, honestly. Like, I'm not saying it's it's the best, but best quality. But like, the infrastructure's built. Yeah, that's what the really, thing. What really makes things difficult is it makes the global trade um, system less easy, I guess. Yeah. So mm-hmm. without a global without a global system, if everything's floating and then there's there's almost like un, a country has unlimited access to basically money manipulation, and there's going to be lots of currency wars uh, with nothing that kind of provides any foundation of stability. So, but but Matt kind of had two questions there. He said, one, sure. what happens if uh, if the, the 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 U.S. dollar is no longer the global reserve currency? But then, too, like they, they lose the ability to mint. You're basically I, asking what happens if they just no longer have control over the money supply, right? I, no, I, you're right because I, I think there, there are two ways to think about that, right? You could think hyperinflation, so it's worthless to keep minting. Um, I, okay. I, am, I am trying to look at like what, what, what does the future look like for Bitcoin maxis you know, who say you know, in this floating yeah. scenario, now Bitcoin becomes the global reserve. Everyone starts using Bitcoin. Like, like what, yeah. what, what does the government do in that scenario, right? I, I, I don't know. I'd like to imagine you know, they might tax it higher, right? Because all government expenditures are either coming from um, stuff they get from taxes or stuff they're minting, right? And so if they can't mint anything and they want to keep doing what they're doing, they might try to get more taxes. I don't know. It might be harder to collect them. If people are doing, you know, things more anonymously or, or trying to, you know, add anonymity to certain things, I, I, I don't know. Like, like what? Yeah. What else happens? Yeah. Well, the real problem with Bitcoin becoming the global reserve currency is there's no way to control it, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think that's why most governments, the U.S. included, would kind of, sh- I mean, the U.S. especially would kind of shun that option. But assuming that is what happens. Um, I mean, it doesn't rule out the possibility of manipulation. There's, there's still, mm-hmm. you know, ability there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. What happens to Bitcoin if the internet just gets shut off? Uh, okay, they that's have a like protocol for mailing the pigeons. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I want to throw that out there. 
That's no, something that's I've same, thought about. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big boomer question. That's what my grandpa's asked me, right? I, I, like, I'm all right, not let's be honest. If the, inter- if the global internet gets shut off, like we have bigger things to worry about than, than money, okay? Okay, okay. And let's okay. be honest. Yeah. If it yeah. gets shut off, like we lose money, the USD too, because most of our most of our currency is is digits stored in a in a in a, a bank's computer basically right true like we don't we don't have like a physical money system right now so just had to throw that out there it i i don't think it's in the u.s's best interest to shut off the wi-fi but i just wanted to throw that question out there to play devil's advocate well well let me say this like i think i think most people don't like the u.s monetary system I think most people think it's bad, uh, immorally that the, the bad things are being done with it. I think most people, especially on the international system. level, <laughs> yeah. And but also, I think most people think that it's just not safe. Looking at the way yeah. things inflate and then deflate, and it constantly looks like there's going to be some mega crash. I think most people are pretty wary of USD. Uh, but I think the response from a lot of people especially with that kind of question is, well, what's the next best safe haven? Well, I need physical assets or I need gold or something like that. We need to go back to the gold system. Most, sure. Growing up, I know that was always the big thing that was basically fed to me. We need to go back to the gold system, invest in gold. Gold is what's valuable. That's real money. This paper That's money so is not real. Go back to gold. like my grandpa. I've sure. seen all the commercials. Cash yeah, from gold. I mean, right? <laughs> <laughs> we all know Ron Paul like and the Fed. I mean, that's, that's basically the ideology, right? Yeah. But I think the reality is the internet's not going to get shut down. We live in a global world. We live in a digital economy. And going, going back to gold, one, is not going to help us because you really can't spend it. But two, if anything, it just helps you. It helps you preserve your wealth. Uh-huh. You know, how are you going to support, support uh, you know, the global church with your stack of gold like you know maybe some of us support missionaries overseas or whatnot like how are you going to send them money with your gold like you're not so the reality is you have to look at a digital the world from a digital economy perspective and yep me crypto offers the best solution for that yeah bringing it back yep to crypto i would agree It, it it does provide the best solution um i mean and i would say like this is a big like blow at Western Union right now, but I, I think crypt like I'm only curious as to how long it's going to take a uh, institution like that that is used to sending f- currency internationally to adopt like crypto as something that they need to they need to be a part of, and I I, I think that's the domino to fall is like when when we see a when we see an institution like that realize we're getting fleeced by this crypto stuff because people can send money to their family a lot more efficiently and more practically and more cost effectively um, than what we can. That that's that's the that's the domino that I'm waiting to fall to see like more crypto initiatives be opened up on a more broader societal level. And you know we see these countries like El Salvador, Panama, um, Brazil, like trying to get more crypto. A- activated apparently it's apparently tether is used in more countries than what i what i realized which i was shocked by but um yeah i i want i need to see some i need to see it done at like a at like a business level or like a banking level here in the states to uh to really 
um, to really be like, okay, yep, we're getting on this train. Let's go. So, yeah. yeah. So to, to close this out, I, I think a, a question that kind of wraps up where we're going anyway, um, you all seem to, I, I think we all seem to balk at the idea of, of um, you know, every, nobody issuing a currency and, and us only running on Bitcoin in the whole world, right? And so I I don't know if we might agree that there might be a hybrid approach in the future, right? Is, is Bitcoin the global reserve and used for kind of these international transactions while countries might still mint their own currency? Um, I, I don't know, do you have a, what, what's the vision there? What What is the vision of the future that um, incorporates crypto or Bitcoin and also, um, you know, like <laughs> understands the reasons that the government, the U.S. government is going to always want to be able to print the dollar, um, you know, or, you know, Europe is always going to have euros and uh, so on and so forth. Right. Like, like, yeah. is there is there a hybrid system? What, what What's the vision of the future there? I, I personally almost think it's not possible because the challenge is too great. And for for the U.S. government to give up and to basically allow Bitcoin to exist is to give up basically everything that the U.S. dollar represents for the U.S. government, um, just to allow it to exist. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think it's impossible for traditional forms of money to exist, coexist with Bitcoin. I just don't think they're going to want to. Um, but that being said, okay, if it is to coexist, the first thing that has to happen is we have to start uh, taxing Bitcoin or other forms of crypto um, uh, that is used as money, Bitcoin being the most prominent, uh, we have to stop taxing exchanges of those, you know, as taxable events because mm -hmm. it, it basically it makes it almost impossible to use as a currency. If every time you're buying something, you're taxed on whatever the profit or possible loss yeah, of that exchange was, it just makes it impossible to, to deal with. Yeah, we we can't we can't be operating in the same world of, you know, stocks and and bonds. We we can't uh, be in that same camp as them, and uh, this will be awesome for a regulatory track that we'll have to go down someday too. Um, uh, it's it's huge right now. We we need our own set of rules. Um, I know that there's some people in Washington that are pushing for that, and uh, I'm very pro that. F but uh, yeah, it, should, it comes down to, you know, uh, being in tax season, I think is a good time to talk about this. Like get a good accountant in your corner if you're into a lot of crypto, like not fine. I know it's not supposed to give financial advice, but I think this is just good it's all around advice. advice. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, it's just business professional advice. If you're, if you're crypto is like a side hustle and yeah. you need to treat it like your own business and you if you don't have a good accountant in your in your uh in your book of business or contacts that you're working with you need to change that it 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 relieves a, a world of hurt and uh just make sure you're getting the right documents you know from uh of what are all the services out there coinly um to I coin, use Coinly too. Yeah, coin I, I use Coinly too. They're the best one. I I, I, I used yeah. another one too first for for an exchange that I was having trouble with, yeah. um, getting onto Coinly. I forget what it's called, but it was a really practical service. The, these these services are out there. They spit out the just the proper forms for you. I can't recommend it enough. Um, a lot of people don't it, know this too because yeah. a lot of these services like Coinly is expanding a lot of um 
a lot of uh you know supporting more and more chains uh, yeah. seeing even from mm -hmm. since last year they're supporting yeah. more chains now which is great but um you don't have to manually input all those transactions you can actually go to like etherscan or you know whatever the equivalent is for whatever yep. uh project you're trying to get and you can put your wallet address in or whatever it is that you've been using to, ex to exchange with your wallet address. Okay. Yeah. So put your wallet address in and, uh, and then you can download a CSV of all of your transactions and just upload that to a service like Coinly and it'll, it'll mm -hmm. pull in all that. So just a tip for those of those, for those of you out there who thought you had to manually do each yeah. one as I originally thought I did. You do not. Yeah. They have API keys too for you to utilize for the exchanges as well. So, I know that that's sensitive information, but um, the platforms are very good about giving you a secret phrase, passphrase, and then a, you can add an additional secret phrase as well. So mm -hmm. the yep. security the security is pretty uh, is pretty tight. I I create uh, a new one every year for it, okay. so yeah. um, it it just makes it easier, um, and I and I feel more confident. Uh, a I'm new API find, or a new like uh, Coinly account? No, oh, just just new API keys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Not a new Coinly account. That would be. Yeah, because it kind of needs your previous information to calculate the new yeah. information. So it's a little. And and if you use tough. Coinly, if you use Coinly early enough, um, buy it for next year. They'll usually give you a fifteen percent off coupon, or they sent me a thirty percent off coupon yeah. to pay for twenty twenty four early. So, if yeah. you're in crypto for the long haul, uh, you you might want to get some of these services in your back pocket and uh, hopefully hopefully you're benefiting from uh, what you're making in cryptocurrency because otherwise uh, you know the forms aren't cheap but um, hopefully you're doing your cost analysis correctly to make the juice worth the squeeze because just getting that stuff tight and proper just makes Uncle Sam that much more happier and gets you in less trouble down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's a peace of mind thing too. I I found a good accountant who does who does who knows crypto. He's very knowledgeable and and it's good. But uh, no, I I think this is a good place to wrap it up. So we I, I think we'll can I can I ask one more can I can I ask oh, one sure. more question? Yeah, go what 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 do you guys say that there's one thing people can do with their with like just just with their socioeconomic status or money in general? Like just uh, not like necessarily financial advice, but What's an what's some advice that you can give people that are like um, that don't that aren't really sure like what to do with their money if if they if they should um, you know invest a little into crypto or like what can they do to make their money more sound or have more value uh, and I know that that's teetering on financial advice but I, I guess I'm just curious because I'm just gonna say something really practical so. Um, and I'm not a big Ben Shapiro fan anymore, but I once was. And the three things that he said that I'm always going to like, you know, I'm always going to keep in my back pocket um, to 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 remain out of poverty. And I'm not trying to, you know, be uh, I'm not trying to speak to anybody's personal situation or offend anybody. But these are just three things that I thought are very practical. Graduate high school, get a full time job where you're working 40 hours a week and then uh, wait to have kids until you're married. That's the best financial advice I think I've ever heard. And uh, it just for anybody, any anywhere. And it's not even really financial advice. It's just good life advice. So uh, I'm just curious, what, what do you guys have to say to that um, since we're speaking on the topic of money and, uh, and stuff like that? I, I, I mean, I 
don't want to disagree with the things you said. Um, no, I, I, I know. think they're, they're three good things to do. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to hand out any financial advice. I, I feel weird saying like, oh, you know, you should be contributing 10% of your income to, you know, a 401k, right? Sure. That, that's a good thing to do, but I, you know, that's not generalizable to everyone, right? Um, no, I get it. Budgeting yeah. is good. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think uh, I think most people, or most financial advisors. I work for a financial advisor, so I hear this kind of stuff all the time. But diversifying your assets is always a good idea. Yeah. So um, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, I personally think that crypto is is something that it should be an egg in your basket in some way or another. And not not this isn't like financial advice. Actually, this is this is kind of the opposite of financial advice to some level. Like I think I think you probably could end up making money on some of these things in the long term, but that's not why I would suggest that you have crypto uh, in your portfolio. I would suggest because, because I think you have to be doing something to, uh, to, you know, um, to support a future that's, that's better than the one we have. And, uh, and uh, on some level you have to recognize that there's a lot of immorality with uh, certain ecosystems and you shouldn't always be making decisions based on what's going to get you more wealth. Sometimes you have to make the difficult decisions because it's the right thing to do. So, and that doesn't mean that crypto is what that is, but um, you know, at least start exploring things. Here's this. Here's what I'll say. Don't, if you're concerned about it, don't buy Bitcoin. Start looking for opportunities to use it. Okay, and then just if you're going to invest, don't don't invest. Buy whatever you need to play in the ecosystem. You know. If, if you find someone who's offering uh, to sell you something and you can either use USD or Bitcoin, well, do Bitcoin and just buy Bitcoin there on the spot and make the transaction happen. Start learning how to use uh, the tools that is Web3 and is crypto. There. Love that. Yeah, uh, that, that's awesome. Yeah. Matt, close us out. Gosh, sorry. I wanted to close out on the other topic because I was going to talk about taxes and paying your taxes and stuff is... Um, uh, is good on several levels, right? Jesus said, you know, render under Caesar what Caesar's, right? He like he wasn't opposed to taxes, and I I do think we could do a future episode on on regulation and just talk about what, you know, I I I don't think regulation is bad. I think I think some level of regulation is is good and needed, and um, you know, but but we could explore what's good and what's bad regulation. I I think that any future that involves crypto to any extent is going to you know depend on what level of regulation we have is is going to depend is going to produce what level of crypto is is being used and so um, i i do i to, to my question to answer my question earlier i i do see we could have a future that has um you know bitcoin and us dollars um and they they would just be regulated a certain way right you know maybe um this is only seen as an investment class and you can't um you know sell it or you know maybe it's it's um uh, I, I don't know. Maybe there's there's a certain relationship that the government tries to you know put between the dollar and, and um, a Bitcoin, and um, I, I don't know. I, we, we'll talk more about this. We'll talk more about you know what regulation might look like, what regulation should look like, um, you know, yeah. so that people you know they don't lose the government doesn't want to lose the power they have to mint dollars and to you know run at least the national economy. Even if they lose global reserve status, they they still want to be in control of their own nation's economy. Um, but you know to write you know how how do they reconcile those two things you know the the you know perhaps inevitable adoption of bitcoin or, or some other crypto or um and you know mm -hmm. what power they want to retain so 
Anyway, yeah. well, well, future episode. We've got a lot of future episodes planned out, a lot of great topics. I, I enjoyed chatting with all of you. I think this was great. Loved, loved getting into it. Loved the rants, loved the back and forth, loved the disagreements, you know, no, nothing like a discussion without a disagreement. Yeah. No, um, it's a gift for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, with that being said, um, yeah, we'll see you all next time. Like subscribe, find us wherever podcasts are found and, uh, We'll see you all in the next episode.